When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 121, the PK versus DJ who pooted boombox of sods. <laughs> that was one of the best locker room rivalries I think we had. DJ who pooted, obviously, being Darren Bates' DJ name in the Titans locker room. And he would always walk around with that big stereo boombox. And Paul Karski hated it. It was too loud oh. for old man PK. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And well, you know who else hated it too was Derrick Henry uh, because. Around Iron Bowl year, every year, he would always play the uh, sound of the uh, kick six. That's right. Uh, right. Right. As Derek was doing uh, interviews with with people like PK. Um, <laughs> I that is a deep pull. Uh, that is actually Tim, the Titans fan who has submitted one once before. This is the he's the first guy to uh, get two submissions into the field. But with a pool as strong and as deep as that, we had to go with it. The PK versus DJ who pooed its boombox of sods, courtesy of Tim the Titans fan. He, uh, Tim the Titans fan, also uh, submitted. He said, I'm guessing, he's like, I'm going to submit this one because I'm guessing that the Austin's priapism of sods is out of the question. Now, if you're as dumb as I am, uh, which I'm assuming many of you are. That's why you choose to listen to this episode. You're probably like, what the hell is a priapism? I'm thinking uh, that. Mm-hmm. I, I too had to look it up. I Googled it. And if you Google priapism, you'll quickly learn that a priapism is a long lasting, painful erection. <laughs> oh my God. That's the, that's the, the type you got to call a doctor after four hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is which, I mean, Jack, I, you know, we'll get into this a little bit, a little bit later on, but uh, this very, this week very easily could be the priapism of sods because let's just say I got a brand new Instagram follower on my personal Instagram page. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, re- not going to reveal who it is just yet. We'll, we'll talk about it in the sod, but how's that for a tease? Like uh, but if, if you're, if I'm talking about it, having an erection, you probably, you can probably guess as to who it is. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, shout out Tim, the Titans fan for, for those and for just using big words like priapism. Uh, it's, it's great to use a word that big and like, you could just, I'm just going to go around calling people priapism and like in the moment, they won't know what it is until they look it up and then I'll just look smarter, you know, by. And it like, um, it, do, it, it doesn't sound like offensive. It sounds scientific no. almost. You know, it's just like a uh, like a like a term of endearment. We'll just call them boners. <laughs> I'm just going to start calling people priapism. You know, if he's like, hey, what are you doing, boner? I'll say, oh, nothing much, priapism. 
It's all about the tone and, and how you say it. It really is. Right. It really is. Uh, guys, we've got a so today. No Anne or uncle joining us this week, uh, but we've got a lot to get into anyway. Uh, Going to remember some Steve McNair. Look, it's it's that time of the summer, uh, the anniversary of his passing. And uh, so it's 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 only best that we we honor him. John Robinson went on a podcast. Not this one, unfortunately, uh, but uh, revealed he's not really an analytics guy. Uh, we're going to get into all that, discuss that, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And then also uh, something that I've been looking forward to about this. So Jack and I are going to be hosting, uh, holding a Titans draft. We're going to draft former Titans that we think would be best in a hot dog eating contest. Okay. And let's just say I put way too much research into this. I put <laughs> I put a lot of time and effort into uh, my big board. And I really think I'm going to kick Jack's ass when it comes to drafting Titans who will be good at eating hot dogs. I don't think you will, but I'm going to bring a couple current guys on the roster into this as well. And we'll see where we land. But I'm, I'm sticking with my five guys. I think I got a good group. Okay. All right. Uh, and then, uh, And then, of course, we'll end with Remember the Titan. But before we get into all of that, Let's first get a word from Relax the Back. Did you know that fragmented sleep has a significantly negative impact on your overall health? A good night's rest can have many benefits, but here are just a few. One, it boosts your immune system. Two, it increases productivity. Three, better sleep always equals a better mood. So during these stressful times, we can all appreciate these benefits. We spend almost one third of our life sleeping. You know, eight hours a night, eight, 16, 24, we're spot on with that math. Um, so one of the most beneficial things you can do for your health is to make sure you're sleeping on a quality mattress and that you've been fitted for a proper pillow. Well, Relax the Back has both of those things. They've got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic mattresses and pillows. So not only can you get a soft pillow there, you can get a soft mattress and just sink right in. They've got a zero gravity mattress where you're just floating while you're asleep. It is awesome. You'll get all those great benefits that we just discussed from a full night's rest. They've also got chairs that keep you upright without compromising your comfortability. So you, when you're hunched over at work, they will prop you up and have you feeling comfortable. That back, that spine is going to be perfect. So go check them out. They're over in Green Hills for you Nashville folks. They're at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right across from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater, which I was at this past week watching Top Gun 2. Great movie, by the way. But if you don't live in Nashville, you can still check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. One more time, stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and get to feeling better today. And when you go in and you see Glenn, make sure to tell him that A to Z Sports sent you. If you want to submit a so title for next week, just tweet at us with something obscure about the Titans, like Tim the Titans fan did, and we'll name the so that and give you credit. Okay, so uh, tweet at us at Titan Up Pod on Twitter, and we will uh, we will put that in the queue for naming our so titles. That make it obscure. Make it Titans related. And uh, if, the funnier they are, the more likely they are to be named uh, for next week's sode. We are looking for a title for next week's sode. So make sure you tweet at us with your options. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. 
What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is July 6th, 2022. And Jack, I'm just going to say it. You know, if we if we started the cold open talking priapisms, mm-hmm. I'm just going to reveal it. Uh, I've had a priapism uh, that for the last few weeks, uh, or not even for the last few weeks, for the last few days, I should say. Uh, because on Saturday... I learned that Last King Henry too is following me on Shut Instagram. Up. Jack, your per- Austin Huff's Instagram at Austin. Okay, so it's bit. Look, he started following Cork Baths, uh, a blog that I run. Uh, back in January, after we revealed a hype video, he fell in love with it, gave us the follow. He's been following Cork Baths for a while now. Jack, as of Saturday morning, he is now following my personal Twitter account. Oh. He follows 997 people, and I am the 997th. I'm so happy for you, but I'm also jealous now. I don't know what I did. I like I am literally I'm scared <laughs> to post. I'm scared to post. Yeah, because you know what would be so much worse than the high of getting followed by Derrick Henry would be the low of getting unfollowed by Derrick Henry. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, it's like, I don't want to, uh, like if, yeah, losing his follow is worse than (laughs) having ever been like, never been followed at all. You know, it's (laughs) like, it's like what, what's, what's better than having love than lost or, or what's the saying? What's better to have lost than loved. Wait, what's that? I don't even know the saying, but you know what, you know, the saying I'm trying to say, but I just don't know the saying right now to better to have loved and lost than never to have loved. At right. All. Right. Yeah. So is it to have better than to have been followed and lost that follow <laughs> than to have never been followed at all? That's what I'm like. I'm so scared. And so I posted a I posted a reel on my personal Instagram page, like showing my reaction of like when what it was like when I realized that he was following me. And and then I was like, maybe he'll, he'll maybe he'll see this and maybe he'll think it's funny. But if he does it like or like if he sees it and doesn't think it's funny, then I'm just looking like an idiot and I'm not, you know, it's like be cool. It's like act like you've been there before. Yeah. But like, I don't know how to be cool in moments like this. Like all I do, (laughs) all I know how to do is just post funny videos. Then you kind of walk the line of like Derrick Henry thinking, is this guy going to stalk me now? Like, have I stepped into the wrong person's Instagram account? You know, this could this be my demise? And so I was in Nashville over the the weekend uh, visiting family for the 4th of July. And I, I I saw that he posted like, like, right, like literally like the, right after he followed me, um, he posted like, I'll be, I'll be at this location at two 30 tomorrow signing (laughs) autographs or something. And look, I'd be lying if I didn't say like, I thought about it, you know, like what, like, Hey Derek, you follow, you follow me on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, I think he would then realize that he made a huge mistake. He would made, he made it, all, I mean, I think right now he's probably already realizing that. And if not, it's only a matter of time before he realizes, like, why did I follow this dude? Maybe he um, thinks that you actually named your daughter Derricka Henry, and he's going to put a stop to it. Oh, you think he's this a is tupper? Just for, the, just for the DM purposes. Yeah, you think he's a tupper? Because we've only really ever talked about that on this podcast. Like, do you think he listens and he's like, I don't, no, I, I don't. See, know. I want to get the follow on Tighten Up Podcast Instagram. 
Uh, that's that's our next step, right? You've that's got our next backs, step. You've got Austin that's our Huff. next Right, right. I've got nothing. But since well, you're I part mean, of Tighten Up Podcast, I was going to say there's really only there. there's really only one other project that I'm involved in that he's not following. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's if he follows Cork Bats and my personal Tighten Up Podcast, pretty much the next logical step. I think so too. What I mean, I mean, there's no there's no reason he's going to follow like our morning show, the morning show here in Chicago, right? Like it, he's not going to follow that. No, Instagram. I, I, I'd yeah. be surprised. Although he likes, right. he likes country, he's he's from the south. That's true. Yeah. I'll know. rule it out. Florida guy. Yep. He Florida. Uh, he probably likes Florida Georgia line. Austin, <laughs> congratulations. That's a huge. <laughs> Thank a you. Huge, huge accolade. And Look, a feather I, in your cap. Jack, I'll say this. I think it's a win for both of us. I think it's a win for this podcast um, because we can add that to our accolades. Mm-hmm. Add, the, add it to the the awards that we win from Sobros Network that are yeah, made up on the spot. Well, uh, made up slash we kind of invented a new category for ourselves. Like, yeah. Like, like on the movie poster for this podcast, you know, like in those, in those uh, little like olive branches that they put like the indie award winning, like, you know, best film at Sundance, you know, like ours would say, you know, what was the name of the award? Uh, 2021 spirit of Nashville, best Nashville sports podcast to not be nominated for best Nashville sports podcast. It'll say that, okay, in one. And then in the next one with the in-between the two, like olive branch parentheses, it'll say (laughs) half of them are followed by Derrick Henry. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think I which I how many other podcasts can say that in the Nashville area, right? Probably like none. I don't think I mean half of them just retired like last week. (laughs) That's true, right? Like, so even if they even if like if Mike Herndon is followed by Derrick Henry. He's he's out of the the local Titans podcast scene. So, look, screw you, F words. Okay, screw you, F words. How about how's it? Hey, tell me how my ass tastes, F words. <laughs> the rivalry is still strong. I love it's it. It's still strong. Still, and we will turn anything into uh <laughs> into just trash talk in this rivalry. Um. Now, from one of the greatest Titans of all time, Derrick Henry, to arguably the greatest Titan of all time, Steve McNair. Uh, Obviously, uh, July 4th was just the other day. And it's hard. I'll be honest. Like, it's hard being a Titans fan and putting the whole day towards celebrating, you know, America and the 4th when it's still so vivid uh, in, like, I, I don't know, like for anyone that was a that was alive or around or old enough to remember Steve McNair's passing, it, it it's weird to celebrate the Fourth of July knowing that oh this was the day like Fourth of July was the day that Steve McNair passed away. I I was working at a, the Dippin' Dots kiosk in the Cool Springs Galleria Mall. And one of your like seven mall jobs at one of my in, in yes cool springs I, galleria I, that's right I, I just did a full tour of the cool springs galleria i was working that job and i i remember i a buddy of mine texted me i think it was like steven nair passed away and i was like what and i remember and i i quickly like saw it on tmz that steven nair passed away and it was like it was unbelievable like i did not want to believe it and yeah. And then like, and I remember that, that night we went downtown for the fireworks show downtown. It poured down rain, uh, that evening. It was mm-hmm. just a torrential downpour. And I just remember being like soaking wet in downtown Nashville being like, I can't believe Steve McNair passed away today. 
And it was just, I don't know, it was just a weird, uh, a totally weird thing. And then obviously all the details that come out about it, it was just truly just a horrific way for a, a guy who, you know, all things considered just um, in, in the community and of, of Nashville was a good dude. He was, he was kind. He was always, you know, he's charitable with his time and uh, with others. And it just, I don't know. It just, it just sucks uh, that we didn't get to see his adult years, uh, you know, post football life live out because imagine what, how involved he would be with this, you know, with, with the with the new iterations of the Tennessee Titans franchise. Yeah, you know, because his kids still he plays. Well, I think he was a senior this past year, but he played for Brentwood Academy. Like they're still here. And, yeah, I mean, it's thirteen years later, and you're right; it is still so vivid. Like it's the first thing that I think about when I wake up on Fourth of July, and that's weird. Yeah, right. But thirteen years later, it's still weird to me. Um. But it does feel real, and it does feel like it happened like last year or the year before. It feels like it happened a lot sooner than it did. And, um, it, you know, it, it's tough. It, there's a lot of things that Titans fans like to remember about Steve McNair. Um, we're going to talk about some of those things here in a minute. But uh, I'm with you. It's still kind of a it, – it's a sad mindset to start the day in and what's such a happy day for everybody, in America at least. So, um, yeah, RIP Steve, gone but not forgotten – and uh, his legacy will live on. I, I'm still hoping that, you know, maybe this $1.8 billion stadium they, they're building, hopefully they, they, you know, can separate some money, you know, allocate some funds for maybe a Steve statue. I think that would be awesome. But that's just my idea. I'm, I'm not the one with all the money. <laughs> that is. I'm I not mean, the hotels no, paying all the tax now. No truer words have ever been spoken. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, put that on his tombstone. I'm not the one with all the money. I'm not the one with all the money. So don't come <laughs> barking up my tree. But um, Austin, yeah. when we talk about Steve McNair, obviously I think everybody has a, a favorite memory or a game or a moment, you know, just something like, or maybe even a play. So you have the benefit of, you know, having watched most of Steve McNair's games and can remember them. I am a bit younger than you. I was born in 1996. And, you know, by the time he left the Titans, I was, I still hadn't turned 10 years old, but you were, you were there, you were in the moment, you were one with Steve and the Titans at the point. So yeah. what, what's, what's one or two of your favorite Steve memories, Steve games, Steve plays. He was the quarterback of my childhood. Uh, it was literally, I, I, I mean, I, my football fandom was molded with number nine under center and it, he, man, it was just, I just remember uh, a, a number of things coming to mind. Um, but I remember like in the Tennessee Oilers year, I remember them playing on Monday night against the Tampa Bay Bucks. He, he ripped off uh, A to Z sports, I believe has, has, has posted the highlight a number of times, but uh, Steve rips off this like 80 yard touchdown run. And, it was it was at that moment where I remembered being like, oh, wow, this quarterback's fun. You know, like this dude can move, he can run and like he adds an element to his game that you don't often see in the NFL. And and keep in mind, this is like a pre Mike Vick era of quarterbacking in the NFL. This was, you know, like it was if you had a dual threat quarterback, like it was it was something unique and it wasn't as commonplace as it is today. So I like that, that st sticks out to me. But then also the other thing that stuck, stood out to me about Steve McNair 
um, was how this dude was basically like a crash test dummy with the number of injuries he played through and with the with the the amount of pain that he had every single week. And I remember so uh, his the the Titans offensive coordinator, Les Steckel from their Super Bowl run year uh, in 1999, 2000. He eventually became the offensive coordinator for my high school, Berlin High School. God bless. Go Bruins. Shout out Austin Stanley. <laughs> uh, and he would he would he would share stories about Stephen Gare and how every week like he would be he wouldn't practice because obviously like he was dealing with so much pain and no one ever really knew if he was actually going to play. But he'd go the whole week without practicing and then he'd show up on Sunday ready to game, ready to ball out, and he would play. And he would play well. And one of the most memorable moments, uh, one of the most memorable games from that instance was a game against the the Giants. This was in 2002, where the game went into overtime. Uh, It was tied 29-29. And he, uh, he, uh, Steve McNair, Literally, like as his like he, like he's probably just shot up with pain pain medications so much, and as it's like starting to wear off, he he needs a two point conversion to tie the game at twenty nine twenty nine with seconds left on the clock, and does and you could see it in his face like on any like close up shots you could see it in his face just how in pain he was to tie this game up and this was like you know regular season game late in the season. He, you're already battle tested throughout the year and it game in cold New York. It was, uh, it was, it was cold. And I also remember something about that game. He hadn't practiced for the entire week. I believe he's right. wearing a rib protector. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. had got hit in the midsection or something along those lines, but he yeah. hadn't practiced all week. It was not ex- like he was not expected to play in that game yeah but but steve can't stay away from the football field if he can if he's got a heartbeat and he can throw you know throw a football he's gonna give it a go he's gonna at least give it a shot and that's what he did he did that well he did a lot more than that as you're says you're yeah your story here yeah it was a rib injury uh and uh and with uh and in in running it in on that two-point conversion he had to switch the football from his right hand to his left hand so he could raise it into the air in celebration because the pain killing shot on his right side had worn off. So like, if you ever go back and see, watch the highlight from that, you'll see him football and raise it with the other hand just to celebrate. He was just a gamer, dude, just a gamer. Yeah. Yeah. He really was. I mean, that game really kind of epitomizes who Steve McNair, the football player was Um, no matter what it was, he'd always give it a go and he'd give it his best. If he was out there, He, he wouldn't let anything really hold him back. Um, you know, I feel like he had as, as strong of a mental game as he did physical because of all those things that so many players would just say, Hey, you know what? I'll give it a go next Sunday. I got to sit this one out. Right. That was right. never Steve McNair. It was or like it was make, a, a sternum make career injury. decisions. Yes. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of differences sternum injury, foot injury, rib injury, all kinds of stuff, shoulder stuff. He would always give it a go and would, in that case, you know, that, that's what makes him a hero in so many Titans fans' eyes. My favorite memory of Steve McNair, really one of my only, like, game memories of Steve McNair, because he left in 2005, and by yeah. the time he had left, things were kind of turning down for Steve. But there was a game in Houston 
It was the Drew Bennett shush game. Do you remember the Drew Bennett shush game? I, I think I was seven years old in 2003. And, um, or maybe I hadn't even turned seven yet. But either way, the Titans are in Houston. It's fourth and 10. And the Titans are maybe right outside of the red zone. Well, Steve McNair, as time is winding down, the last minute of the game, finds Drew Bennett in the back of the end zone for a game-winning touchdown. And, and Drew, uh, by the way, probably our favorite interview we, we've ever had on here. No, Every time best. he comes on. Right, and he's so good-looking. But it, I remember him shushing the Texans crowd, running along the, the, the backside of that end zone, shushing the Texans crowd. And then me and my, you know, my brother and our friends, we were all watching it together. And that was like the first Titans game. I was like super into like, hell yeah. Like, oh my God, football's awesome. Titans are cool. <laughs> um, and we, we would just go out in the front yard and like throw, throw pass to each other going, oh, Drew Bennett, you know, making catches in the back of the end zone. But that was, that was a game for me. The other thing I want to talk about because we got to move on um, is Steve McNair's play in the Super Bowl where he escaped from a sack. And, oh my gosh. Uh, it, yeah. it was the setup for a, that, the, the one yard short. Um, that but, is the play. That is the play of that I find Steve McNair's entire career. It's it's the play. Yeah, it, I mean, obviously the MVP season was insane, but that play had the Titans gone on to win the Super Bowl, one of the best one of the best plays in Super Bowl history. It, it gets overlooked because the the outcome right not in the Titans' favor and Steve McNair's favor, right? So it kind of gets buried. But had the Titans come back and won that game. I mean, that play would have uh, that that play would be etched in everybody's minds, and maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I I think that you know because the Titans lost, sometimes that play gets overlooked in the best moments in Super Bowl history. Right, eventual Titan Kevin Carter literally has him, mm -hmm. like like has a hold of him, and he somehow escapes out of it to to make a play like. Like the Super Bowl ends right there if he goes down, but he doesn't, and just shows the strength of him. I, yeah, shout out Steve McNair. Literally, just we could, I mean, we could literally spend an entire podcast just talking about him and the memories that he he gave us uh, as Titans fans. Um, Jack, John Robinson, mm -hmm. okay, uh, John Robinson. Uh, Apparently not in the uh, didn't go to the uh, the school of uh, Billy Bean, general <laughs> managing, uh, not in analytics guy. Essentially, he recently went on the GM journey podcast. And uh, went and and kind of was asked about analytics. Yeah, and we'll play the clip here just to give you guys an idea. It's a little over a minute, but what he says is really interesting. And I think kind of peels back another curtain on the John Robinson experience at GM. So we'll go ahead and play that now. Where we are with analytics, is there, a, is there a nice fine line on being on the front end of the curve in your mind? Do you think that's your responsibility to make sure that you're open-minded to it? However, you're still very cognizant of not getting over your skis, so to speak. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's one, that's one thing, you know, with, with social media and the digital age and everything mm -hmm. is so, you know, sometimes it drives me crazy. Uh, with all the stuff that gets set out there and everybody's an expert and um, it, it, you're right. And, and we incorporate some analytical data into some of the decisions that we make. But I mean, I'd say 90% of the decisions we make is we, we put the film on and we watch the guy play football. Mm. Like, cause at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Like, does, does the guy play football pretty good? I mean, you're hiring the guy to play football. 
um, not look at a bunch of numbers and you know, and all that. Now, there's a part of that that plays into that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to say like I'm some 1960s you know, GM here. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But there's a balance there. And at the end of the day, like, keep coming back to you. You put the film on, and does the guy good at playing football? If the guy's good at playing football, then you try to get that guy on your on your team. If he's on your team and he's good at playing football, his position, then you want to try to keep him around. If he's not, you're going to find somebody to replace him. So. Whatever the numbers say and the metrics say, you know, at the end of the day, the, the film and the evaluation of what he actually, how he does his job is, is probably the most important thing. So, I, Jack, I honestly, like, I don't, I'm not, I, 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 I go back and forth on this, um, on, on how to feel about hearing him say that. Because, look, I, I think analytics are important. I think they they can tell you a lot and they I think they can give you an inside edge. But then at the same time, I also do feel like in football, more so than in other sports, like in baseball, I think analytics are huge. And obviously, I think the teams that have embraced analytics have shown success because of it. You know, I mean, yes. The one example in the MLB being the Tampa Bay Rays, who maybe yeah. were a little bit too analytically driven. Uh, in in their last playoff run, sure, or maybe it was a sure. couple of years ago. But but yes, a team with with, with a, huge, a team with a small payroll is making the World Series like the the race. Good point. So yes. you know, like it's like the fact that like analytics, I think, and like playing into shifts and stuff. There's a lot you can do in baseball. The analytics help. In football, I I I kind of like tend to think that okay, maybe maybe John Robinson has a point here. You know, maybe it is more about just seeing how the guy plays football and if he can play the sport well. And so like, I'm not, I'm not overly as upset now that the 90% the decisions, maybe like, I don't know if I, if I like 90% of it just being, I do think you, you should maybe integrate a little bit more analytics into that, but I, I try not to be critical of John Robinson because yeah, he's at his, we, and we've talked about it at length on this podcast. Mm -hmm. had his struggles when it comes to the draft but let's remember i mean this is this is a guy that comes from the new england patriots school of general managing okay yes. he was a scout with the new england patriots and no one for 20 plus years no one did flipping no name players or 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 guys U pulled U off of scrappies yeah yeah exactly like into superstars than in the new england patriots so if it if that's what they taught up there, and if that's the way he learned how to do it, then I'm okay with it. Like I, I I trust that. And just looking at what he's done with the Titans since he's gotten to Nashville, a lot of times we 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 taste success as fans of this team. We taste success, and all of a sudden it's you know we're quickly like, oh, anything less than the very best is is not good enough. But I want more, 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 more success, more success. Yes. Exactly. So honestly, like I trust where John Robinson comes from when it comes to his approach to breaking down talent, because honestly, everyone outside of Kevin Dodd has, you know, has, has <laughs> proven to be pretty good. Right. And, yeah. and even even Kevin Dodd has been was great in uh, Madden 2017 for me. He's got uh, so, that going for him. Right. And 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 the the Madden version of John Robinson technically did draft the Madden version of Kevin Dodd. So I can't, I can't fault him. Give that. credit where credit's due. You're right. <laughs> but so something about the GM journey, it's a podcast hosted by Thomas Dimitrov, 
who was the former GM of the Falcons, who had worked with J-Rob up in New England, uh, two-time executive of the year. So he's a guy with experience, has been in that seat, knows what it's about, worked with J-Rob, knows him well, and he goes on a, a, a tour driving city to city to interview these different GMs. So John Robinson, what he said, you know, I, I'm with you in that it's kind of a, a weird, like it's a gray area. How much should you let analytics influence your decision on an athlete, right? Because you turn on tape and you see a guy that's good at football. You say, well, why won't he work at the next level? He's good at this level. And there's sometimes more to that. But J-Rob, I think you can tell in his draft picks which which guys he, he's kind of referring to in this strategy and how it kind of plays out. Traylon Burks is a guy who didn't have impressive numbers at the combine. Uh, obviously, the weight concerns, the asthma issues, um, stuff like that. And the combine numbers weren't that great for Traylon Burks. But that didn't stop J-Rob from trading up to go get him because you, you turn on Traylon Burks' tape last year at Arkansas, and you want that guy on your right. team. Same, right. same, same thing goes with um, Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips ran a 4-5-8 40-yard dash, and this is a guy who they want to work out of the slot, right? Does not have burner speed, does not have breakaway speed. Sure, he can help you down the field vertically, but not on go routes. He's going to be more of a sideline-to-sideline player. J-Rob's not scared of that because you turn on the tape with Kyle Phillips, and he has one of the best highlight tapes of anybody in this draft class, if not the best, because of how he moves and how he scores. Ten touchdowns um, at UCLA last season so it's there are guys like that and I think some of the guys he does use analytics on are the guys who maybe got a little banged up in college like Caleb Farley like Dylan Radens who didn't have a lot of recent tape when they were coming into the draft Um, guys like Jeffrey Simmons although you turn on the tape with Jeffrey Simmons you know that guy is going to be a pro bowl talent Um, so there are some instances where yes the analytics do matter but it's like what it's like that famous Kevin Durant tweet do you remember? Because he's so active on Twitter, and he hates when <laughs> yeah, people post. He he hates when people post, you know, advanced analytics graphs, um, you know, just different stat stuff. And the tweet was somebody tweeted him like I, I think a just an advanced analytics graph or something at him, and he, he tweeted. He said, "Who the fuck wants to look at graphs while having a hoop convo?" Which is essentially what J, <laughs> that's essentially what J J Rob kind of said the PG thirteen version of that. Yeah, right, right. Or the G rated version, whatever you want to say. But, but um, yeah, they're not everything in baseball. They're important in football. It, you know, having a GM that uses analytics versus a guy like J Rob said in the nineteen sixties that didn't have that advantage. You're going to get a better GM nowadays versus the guy back then. I mean, you just have more stuff to look at. There's it's a deeper conversation than can this guy play football, right? Right. But uh, I understand where J-Rob's coming from. I don't think it's, you know, a, a, a dinosaur take or, you know, old man wanting to stick to, to the old way of doing things because I, I do believe in what he says. And I think J-Rob has a better grasp of the X's and O's side of football than a lot of other GMs. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I trust him to evaluate football talent, like football talent, not combine talent but football talent. So I'm comfortable with what he said. It doesn't bother me. I do find it interesting because, you know, J-Rob doesn't do a lot of these interviews and this is a, like, this, this is getting some buzz, right? It's, it's something that J-Rob said that's caught some wind and, you know, it's interesting to kind of take a, take a look, like I said, take a look behind the curtain in J-Rob's mind.
Well, and I feel like also too in football, you've seen it more times than in other sports where the analytics have failed. Uh, guys like uh, the first name that comes to mind is Josh Allen. You know, everyone everyone great. projected him to not be a great pro, and here he is. Like you know, he was literally 13 seconds away from mm-hmm. the Super Bowl appearance last season. So, uh, or excuse me, an AFC title uh, appearance. I guess. And I, I think that say. Bills team probably beats that Rams team in the Super Bowl. I, well, and, and beats the Bengals team. Yes. That, that, that Bills team beats the that Bengals team in the AFC championship, I, I think. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I, yeah, I think it's to kind of uh, put a bow on this. Like, it's, it's, I, I appreciate his, his kind of his self-awareness of basically saying, look, I'm, I'm just a, I'm, I watch the tape kind of guy. Like, that's the way I make my decisions. He goes, I know, you know, he, he even pointed out, he's like, I know this kind of sounds like not to sound like a 1960s GM, but <laughs> that's the way I do it. And I loved what he said too, right out the get go of kind of saying, like mentioning that we live in a day and age of, you know, social media where there's so much information on the internet to where everyone believes that they're an expert. In everything, honestly, like and 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 it's not like this in more more than just football, but because there's so much information on the internet, you read a couple of and automatically everyone thinks they're in, they're experts. They're not actually experts in. They don't spend their their every waking moment working around like John Robinson does with his job. Mm-hmm. So I like, I and I think that's important for us to remember too. Like. We may read a lot. Oh, I read a lot of pro football focus articles or, you know, well, I listen to F words, pods, break down the X's and O's, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, you got a lot of those fans and they're like, what John Robinson did was stupid. It was a dumb. Oh, really, Gary? You know, you, you work for a, a, a pest control company. Okay. <laughs> Like, but hey, their opinions matter too. I mean, they're, they're, they're I, Titans fans are Titans. Look, fans. I'm not saying no one. I'm not saying people's opinions don't matter. But when when it comes to like trying to tell a GM, a guy who does it for a living and has done it for a living, who has worked his way up to this position, that he doesn't know what he's doing, like you have to just let things play out. Like there's so many people ready to jump on this Traylon Burks trading away AJ Brown and 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 shooting your shot with Traylon Burks. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Maybe it will suck. Maybe it won't. You know, like, but it's like to, to just to base it solely off of numbers and 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 things that you've seen. I don't know. I just think I think it's I'm I'm always in the camp of, look, I will trust J.R. until he gives me reason to not trust him. He started to there a little bit with the draft <laughs> the last couple of years. He started to. He likes to roll the dice in the draft. He does. But then but then the team. Well, I, I, it's not even the team he built. The team of backups that he built last year went on to win the number one seed in the AFC. So they proved they could get the job done even when they're on literally, uh, you know, like as the, uh, I'm trying to think what, what movie is it where it's like the car, you're driving around the car and the car is just falling apart, like piece by piece, a, a different piece of the car is, is falling apart as the car is driving down the road. That was the Titans last year. And they were still <laughs> able to hold it together until the very end. And, uh, to I, John Robinson deserves the credit for that. If you're going to chastise him when things go bad, you got to give him his props when things go well. And last year, everything tried to go bad. Everything tried its damnedest to go bad. And it still went good for the Titans uh, up until obviously the playoffs. But 
And there's going to be listeners who are saying, well, they didn't win in the playoffs. He's got to build a Super Bowl winning team. Yeah, you know, right. But right. John Robinson's not out there throwing three picks against the Bengals. Right. So here's here's where I here's my final stance on J. Rob's statements. Yep. Yeah, but he's signing the quarterback that did, Jack. <laughs> but here's where here's where I stand on John Robinson um, and his comments on analytics. If he says he, you know, 90% of the time he just turns on the tape and finds good football players, that's fine. Whatever that he's been doing that has been working, he should continue doing. Because the Titans, he's the first GM in Titans history to have six consecutive winning seasons. He's made the playoffs in four of his six seasons as the Titans GM. Back-to-back division titles. Um, you know, and this is coming off of six years prior where the team had one winning season and a 33-63 and 63 record in the regular season. No yes. playoff appearances. Right. So John Robinson is a generational talent in the GM seat for the Titans. I don't really give a damn if he doesn't use analytics as much as people think he should. So if he, if he continues to go out and find these good football players like Derrick Henry, like Kevin Byard, um, like Jeffrey Simmons, uh, like like Taylor Lewan, even though I think Lewan came before him. But to retain some of these guys, go out in free agency and be able to bring some guys in, uh, it, it's it's something that, you know, he's earned Titans fans trust. And I don't think, you know, his opinion on analytics should really change that for anybody. Yeah. And it's the, if, if, if you need, if you need reason to believe just how hard it is for, for NFL teams to have this sustained success that the Titans have had. And yes, I know they've come without a Super Bowl, but honestly, one team bowl every single year. Okay. I mean, if you just if you just look at the number, how hard it is to put even put together this many consecutive winning seasons. Uh, I think the only the Pittsburgh Steelers have more consecutive winning seasons yeah and they've, the they've had like 18 they've had like or 15. 19 in a row or something yeah they Tomlin got there i think big right. ben had a winning year every year as a starter yes right so they, he's they, like turning 55 this summer what what they've done yeah they did 18 they just they clinched their 18th consecutive non-losing season uh this past season but losing uh, so eight when eight and eight was playable that, right that counts. but still it's an impressive run uh, the the Tennessee Titans are third on that list in the NFL. Kansas City has nine straight. The Titans have six straight. Okay, so think about that for a second. They're third on in the NFL, and and all six of those seasons are since John Robinson came on board. You're we're talking about the Rams, the Bills, the Packers, the Indianapolis Colts, literally anyone else in the NFL. The Patriots uh, at, even. The Patriots, exactly. Great call, Jack. The Patriots haven't even had that many consecutive uh, seasons without a losing record. So the Titans, what the Titans are doing, like, yes, I know. Look, and even amongst the Pittsburgh, the top three, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Tennessee, even only one of those teams has a Super Bowl. And and even Kansas City, nine straight winning seasons or non-losing seasons, I guess I should say. Nine straight non-losing seasons. They've only had one Super Bowl in that. Yeah, the Steelers have Super Bowls, though. Yeah, sorry. This, yeah, sorry. I, sorry. I meant, I meant, I meant uh, a recent. But yeah, 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 yeah. I think their last one, their last one was two thousand nine. Yeah, I want to say maybe. I feel like they got one in the twenty tens, but I could be wrong. Anyways, what what six straight winning seasons does and four playoff appearances in six years? 
It gives your team a chance. Now you're not, like you said, it's hard to win a Super Bowl, the hardest trophy in sports to win, right? Because it's the one game. You got one game on a Sunday or Saturday in the playoffs. And if you lose, you go home, you make one bad play, you throw one bad ball, you're done. Like the Titans were last year. But on the other hand, you still have a shot like the Cincinnati Bengals who got in this year and made a ridiculous run all the way to the Super Bowl. Nobody saw right. that coming. They're a wild card team for God's sakes. Right. So uh, it's, it's tough to win, it, or I guess did they win the division? I think they did win the division. Yeah, they did. They won. Yeah, they the won. The, so okay, so not a wild card team, but either way, they were a really young team with hardly any playoff experience from the top down, and they get in the playoffs. And just by getting in, anything can happen from that point right. forward. Right. And things just fell their way. So John Robinson's giving the Titans an opportunity for things to fall their way in the playoffs. They haven't yet. They they came close in 2019. They had a lead in Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, but it's John Robinson's never going to give you a bad team. He's I don't think that John Robinson would ever sign up for a rebuild like so many franchises in the in the NFL have done. John Robinson is going to put you in a position to make the playoffs and win the division every single year. Now it may not happen every single year, but it's hard, like right the steel for, to have the third longest streak of winning uh, of winning seasons. That's impressive right now, and it's not done yet. They've still got the core of their team in place, a great defense, a quarterback that can win in the regular season. We'll see in the playoffs. Austin, right. I don't get upset. But it's it, it's something that Titans fans should not, you know, overlook. And it's something that the right. Titans fans should should absolutely appreciate well, because John Robinson's do not grow on trees. And when you when you see this amount of sustained success that the Titans have had, you you start to take the playoffs for granted. You start to assume you're just going to be playing in January. And I mean, like you saw the the list of teams that we've 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 stated, Green Bay, New England, you know, uh the 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 Chargers, any any of those, the Colts, even the Bills, all of those teams have failed to make the playoffs within the last four years. So the, you can't take making the playoffs for granted. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, oh, sure, Ryan Daniels right in the regular season, but what is he doing in the playoffs? He gets you to the playoffs. Like, and and that's all you need. And exactly like the Bengals showed you last year, all you need to do is get in because then anything can happen. Things can bounce your way. The the Bengals freaking played like crap against the Titans and still won. Uh, you know, the, the, the Titans played great, nearly had a shot to win. Like anything can happen. One bad bounce goes your way in in the playoffs and it, that game goes to anyone and i can also hear some of the, some of our listeners going well if john robinson would have drafted a kicker because evan mcpherson comes in and blasts yeah, right. a million 50 yard field right, goals right. and ends up you know they end up winning the game well the those, those are the kind of people that will never be happy and <laughs> will always be angry and you're never going to you appease can, them every gm in the nfl has a hole right like you can't it's not a 100 success rate across right. the board it's impossible and and they're the people they're the fans that once the titans do win the super bowl and it, it it's a matter of when not if it is a matter of when that the titans do win a super bowl they're that that right after they win the super bowl next season they're the ones arguing and complaining right away mm -hmm. They didn't do enough this off season. One Super Bowl is not <laughs> enough. Like I would think, I I think I would try. I, I don't know about you, and I don't know about the, our listeners, but I think I would trade ten straight years of missed playoffs for one Super Bowl. Would you I, do that trade? Would you make that trade? Ten ten is a long. Ten is a lot. Ten is but, a poverty. It's it's a poverty. But winning level. a Super Bowl, I mean, that puts you in the club. 
Because the Titans aren't even in the club, even with the Oilers. The Oilers couldn't, you know, catch us any breaks and win one before they moved here. The Titans are, are the bouncer is not letting the Titans in. They are not on the list. Right, right. Get on the list. You get in. Maybe you can, you know, make some connections inside the club. But I mean, look at freaking Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers hasn't won a Super Bowl since 2010. And he's still considered the greatest quarterback in, I mean, he, granted he puts up great numbers every year. One of the greatest quarterbacks ever for sure. But he hasn't won a Super Bowl in a dozen years. <laughs> no, it's totally, it's totally a knock on him. I mean, so it absolutely like, is. That's why he'll so, never yeah. be the greatest quarterback. So if the Titans win a Super Bowl and then go 10 seasons of without making the playoffs, I think they're still considered like, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe they would, that would, that shininess would, the shininess but, would help me a lot. I, I'm, I'm but telling the, you, but 10, at least there's seasons. the shininess, right? I'll, yeah. I'll give up ten seasons. That's my price. Every man has his price. Ten seasons of poverty is mine. Can I, I do the eight? Trophy. Can I do eight seasons? Well, yeah. If I'm willing to do ten, I'll do eight. Well, no. Can I do eight? Am I? Oh, or is, yeah. is, is ten the floor? No, eight's fine. Ten's not the floor. I would do eight losing seasons for a Super Bowl. Okay. See, we're we're willing to kind of give here. Okay. We're not in a position to demand. <laughs> we just want a Super Bowl so bad. That's the thing. And that's the, and that's the thing. It's like when, you know, like we always do uh, uh, this week in Titans Facebook comments, you always read the comments and like the, 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 uh, the guys who are always against like people like Ryan Tannehill or, or John Robinson, they're like, they always argue. They're like, well, I don't know about you, but division titles aren't good enough for me. I want a Super Bowl. Like when you are literally typing that out, you gotta are remember you where like, you came from. Do, well, do you feel like you are typing that out to another Titans fan who doesn't want a Super Bowl? <laughs> that that's the thing I that's don't. I, I never, I never understand that when that when people throw that argument out uh, uh, from one Titans fan to another. Like, well, I want a Super Bowl. They're assuming that nobody else wants a Super Bowl but them. Bitch, we all want Super Bowls. <laughs> We all want zero. We, we are all fans of the same team and we all want the same goal. And you know who else wants that same goal? Literally 31 other fan bases in, in football. Everyone wants their team to win a Super Bowl, including Titans fans. So when you argue that for, for one way or the other, that doesn't mean, you know, if I'm, if I'm saying, oh, hey, they, they won the division last year. They were the number one seed in the AFC. That's a good thing. If I say that, I'm not saying that was the best thing. I'm saying I want a Super Bowl. <laughs> and it's not it's, it, it, as much as we'd like to think that it's an even playing field. I think Stan Kroenke, uh, the GM uh, of the or excuse me, the owner of the Los Angeles Rams has proven that like he's he's dishing out massive signing bonuses to manipulate the salary cap to have yeah. some of these huge players come to play for L.A. and not really ruin the bottom line, the salary cap. Right. It's, it's a cheat code. The Titans don't have that owner. I mean, Amy Adams Strunk is a great owner. I think we all love yeah. her, but she does not have Stan Kroenke money. She cannot do some of those things that the richest owners in the league can do. I think she's like bottom, bottom five or six in terms of richest NFL owners. But yeah. uh, again, to, we're, we're talking about being able to field a team capable of winning a Super Bowl. The Titans have been Sh capable of winning a Super Bowl the last two seasons. Jack, should we start a GoFundMe for Amy Adams Strunk? Man, I I don't think that would work. I, I think we'll have we'd have better chances to get a GoFundMe for a Steve McNair statue than to pay <laughs> a multi-billionaire 
you know, probably what, what would we end up raising? Probably like 2,500 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think we could do 2,500 easy. Um, <laughs> good for 50. I'd throw 50 into the, yeah, into the I'll pot. match. I'll match that. So we're already one, or I guess we're 4% of the way. And now all we need is yeah, $2,400. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would throw in money, just throw in a GoFundMe give it to Amy Adams to use as signing bonuses to sign <laughs> great for- that's what that's what state taxes should go to, right? A one-year, one million dollar deal with a, a 90 million signing bonus. <laughs> <laughs> for who? Who who are you saying? I don't know. Uh I don't know. Maybe I don't Could know. Could be OBJ? anyone at that at that price. OBJ when he's healthy. Would you do OBJ it? when he's healthy for for a one year ninety million dollar deal? Well, um, one year one million, but it's a one million dollar deal for, for the yeah. Price. That's why that's why I want I want to I think that people in states should get to pick where their tax money goes to, right? Like I don't I I, I don't want my tax money going to anything besides the Titans' new stadium. I, <laughs> I, that's what that's what I care about. I want I want Dude, the Jack, Titans' new stadium to have all you, of my taxes. You've clearly never. You've never played SimCity then, have you? Because no, no. if you have, you would know that that tax money, it has to go to the roads. It has mm-hmm. to go to the schools. And it has to, like, there's certain things it has. Yeah, Murfreesboro Road, I get to. it. I get it. If you want to put your money on Murfreesboro <laughs> Road, you do that. But I'm building the $1.8 billion stadium with my fingernail money. Like, I mean, when, it's, it's, a, it's a slice of the pie and a fingernail size slice of the pie, slice of the pie. It's nothing. But I just, I just would rest assured knowing that it's going to good use. The city that Jack becomes mayor of is going to have the the biggest potholes in their roads, the worst system, like the the worst river. But hey, at least that stadium's not. But that's gonna be the best damn stadium you ever watched a football game in. The road to the Super Bowl is filled with potholes, but hey, at least we're getting a Super Bowl. It's at bumpy, our home but that that Lombardi Trophy's coming down Broadway. Let me say a word about Dr. Hecklin's family and cosmetic dentistry. I love talking about these people because when I went in a little over a month ago, I went in for a routine cleaning, and I'm being honest with you. Growing up, going to the dentist was my, one of my least favorite things, but after one trip to Dr. Hecklin's family and cosmetic dentistry, my whole outlook on going to the dentist was changed. In the past, you know, I mentioned being anxious walking into the dentist's office, and that caused me to not go for a long time. Well, I went into Dr. Hecklin's office and met his staff and him, and they were all so friendly which kind of makes me believe why they've been business in, in Nashville for so long, over 40 years. It's because they've been doing everything right. They treat patients from the age range of 2 to 104 years old so they can work with your great-grandmother or your toddler child. I mean, they, they really don't care. It's, it's anybody and everybody is welcome into Dr. Hecklin's family and cosmetic dentistry. When you go in, they handle everything from crowns to veneers to dentures to smile makeovers cleanings, routine cleanings. If you just want to get on the schedule somewhere to get those teeth cleaned, check out Dr. Hecklin's Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. They're the place for you. And you know what? If you want to get whitening, they've got a special promotion going on right now. You can get 10% off core whitening by mentioning A to Z Sports. Go check them out. They're located at 5606 Brookwood Place off Whitebridge Road for you West Nashville people. And get your smile looking right for the summer at Dr. Hecklin's Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. All right. All right, let's uh let's get to our uh, hot dog eating contest. I've been looking forward to this, Jack. So how do we want to do this? We want to do a uh, 
Do we want to do a a back and forth draft? Yes. Yes. Back and forth draft. We're, how many guys are we drafting each? Um, let's do let's do five guys each. Okay, five guys each. Okay, we'll five guys, burgers picks. and fries, and four hot dogs. All right, so we'll go back and forth, five rounds uh, each. We're picking either Titans currently on the roster or uh, past Titans that we think would be good in a hot dog eating contest. In in shout out to one of the greatest American athletes of all time, Joey Chestnut, winning his fifteenth consecutive hot test. And this year, doing it uh, amidst protester, and he had a little Steve McNair twist to it, right? He was playing; he was playing injured. He had the walk. Yeah. on. No, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, I think he only put up uh, sixty-three hot dogs in ten minutes, and I say only, you know, because you know it's not as impressive as like what the seventy-six <laughs> record that he he's put up before. Uh, only sixty-three hot dogs in ten minutes. Like, I don't even know if I eat 63 hot dogs in the last 10 years. No, I don't either. I mean, I'll get an occasional daddy's dog downtown, but I mean, I don't mix <laughs> those in very often. Jack loves daddy's dog. Daddy's dogs are awesome. They are. Yeah. Awesome. They are oh, the yeah. best gourmet hot dog. In you love to stuff your face with daddy's dog. Okay. All right. That's, that's where I'll draw the line. <laughs> Am I that's wrong? Let's <laughs> what is it? A, a, a propism? Is that what we're back on? Uh, a, a, uh, yeah. Where, where are you, Tim? The Titans fan, a pro, uh, priapism priapism. Okay. So, so we'll work, we'll, we'll work with a daddy's priapism is the best hot dog. All right. Now that. you're making it dirty. I was just talking about the hot dogs. <laughs> All right. So Jack, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I, I feel like there's one player that's probably at the top of your list that I would like to steal from you. So I'm going to go. Oh, damn. Damn. Okay. Is that what okay? If that's how it worked. Yeah. What if that's how it worked in the NFL draft? Hey, who amongst us wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to go first. Um, yeah. So I will. Okay. But, um, All right. Okay. Round one, pick one. We're going five rounds. The pick is in. With the first overall pick of the Tennessee Titans 2022 all time national hot dog eating competition, I, Jack Gentry, I'm selecting Albert Hainsworth. Damn it. University right. of Tennessee. <laughs> Damn it. You don't that get was... the nickname Fat Al for nothing, right? Fat Albert, the TV character and the hey, Fat hey, Albert hey. Titans player. I think the, the Fat Albert Titans player was bigger than the TV character. I'm, I mean, he's got a lot of room to put those hot dogs. So Albert Hainsworth goes number one overall to me. Damn it, Jack. I knew you were going to take that. And uh, a good a good point of emphasis, if protesters did bum rush the stage, he could just stomp on them. True. You know, he's good at that. Yeah. He's really no good one's going to run up to, to Albert Hainsworth. He'll step no. on their faces with his clean. Yeah, for sure. All right, with my first overall pick, I am going with a guy. Uh, he's number two on my big board, but one that I very easily could have been number one on my big board. Okay? Okay. Now... Jack, if you're if you've as big of a fan of the hot dog eating contest as I am, then you know that the winners of hot dog eating contests are rarely the fattest guys. Yeah, but the lemonade chugging contest. Well, yeah, but that this guy isn't, is huge. This isn't a this isn't a draft of Titans chugging lemonade. This is a draft of Titans eating hot dogs. Okay, 
And every year, the Kobayashis, the Joey Chestnuts. There was one year where a guy who was not either of those guys won, and it was uh, and he was he was not fat. What was his name? Eater X. I feel like that's a guy that won one time. I don't know. Maybe what? the mask. <laughs> that sounds that sounds dirty. Yeah. Ooh. Eater X. We're getting we're getting awfully sexual with the hot dog. Yeah, Eater X. I hardly know her. Uh, no, so the guy who did not eat, uh, or I, all those guys, all those guys are, are usually rail thin for the most part, or at least rail thin for how many calories they consume in 10 minutes. So I'm going with a guy, uh, you, you know, a lot of times they're, they're always like normal looking dudes, like guys who like you would run into, like you, you'd walk by them at Target and not think twice. Oh, if, if you take who I think you're going to take, I'm going to be upset. They're, they're maybe maybe they have like a spare tire around their waist like they're not like fit but they're not you know out of shape either so i'm going with the one and only brett kern oh gosh thank god oh what i get my guy i get my oh, guy brett oh, kern okay. huh brett kern i think look i think brett kern looks like i'm going simply off of looks brett kern looks like a guy who would be good at scarfing down 60 plus hot dogs in 10 minutes. He likes to golf. He is in good shape. Right? I could see Brett Kern being able to wolf you down. Brett Kern has the face of a guy who like, like, you know, like in his spare time does eating contests. I, I think it's a good pick. I don't think it's a great pick because I'm going to draft a, a great pick here. All right. I think you got it. You're, you're headed in the right direction. Special teams, not a monster, but a guy who can definitely who definitely got space for some hot dogs, and that is Titans kicker Randy Bullock, oh. known <laughs> as Fat Randy. Randy Bullock goes number two to me. I, look, Randy Bullock at one point, you know, he's lost some weight and he doesn't like to be called Fat Randy, so I don't want to continue calling him Fat Randy. But I do think Randy Bullock is a great pick for this because, like you said. He's an average-looking guy. You probably wouldn't recognize him at Target. Um, I, I just think Randy Bullock's got what it takes to win a contest like this. I'm not talking right. about top three. I'm talking about Randy Bullock can win this competition. No, I think that's a good pick. That is a very good pick. And I also love how not being able to recognize them at Target has become a uh, factor <laughs> as to whether or not we think they're good at eating hot dogs. <laughs> Uh, my number two pick, I'm going with, uh, I think the next best pick uh, – outside of Albert Hainsworth um, because like, look, it's not just about being fat. It's about the muscles in your body. And Joey Chestnut talks about this all the time. You know, like the, the muscles in his jaw, the muscles in them. his, the muscles in his uh, esophagus. <laughs> all right. Did, did, did I pronounce that right? Esophagus? I think it's an esophagus, not a esophagus. <laughs> it, well, you know, it's, it could be. if, if, if it's your esophagus, then it's esophagus. If it's esophagus, then it's esophagus. <laughs> Sometimes it's a she-esophagus. All I'm saying is it, all those muscles are important. And a guy who looks fat, but we all know is probably just a mouthful of muscle, is my next pick. Mr. Jarrell Casey. Wow. I did not even consider him. How is he not on my big board? Jarrell Casey. Tell me he wouldn't be great at like... like getting the muscles in his gut. Cause you know, like th that's not a belly on Jarrell Casey. That's just large abs on Jarrell Casey. Yeah. He's as 
as jacked of a fat guy as there is. Yeah, like he looks fat, but that gut is still Casey. Like, I feel like Jarrell Casey, 10 years after he's done with football, it'll be like the Brad Hopkins transformation, right? Yes, yes. Just just turns into like a a fitness monster. Right. He has has a Luke Worsham level glow up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, I think it's important in an eating competition to have a nickname, right? Joey Jaws. Oh, you have to. Eater X. Eater X, if that's a guy, which I think it is a guy. But get but get consent first. But yes, absolutely. But there's one nickname in Titans history that works so well for hot dog eating. That is big country. I want David Stewart <laughs> in the third round. David Stewart, yeah. big country yeah. is a hot dog winning competition nickname. He he very easily for bonus points, very easily could win that chugging contest. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't even have to be lemonade. It can be like bush light or something. <laughs> it could be motor oil. <laughs> big country. That I think big country is a good pick for me. I'm going to take him in my with my third third round pick. Okay, but nice pick. I'm going to go uh, based off like and look and not to follow your lead, but this is exactly where I was going to go with my next pick. A name that just fits with hot dogs. You can't have just the hot dogs by himself, right? They got to come with a roll, a Samari roll. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll listen to that. Like All right. That. You know, like you got, you like, give me Samari roll because Samari roll is the kind of guy who like, if he entered a hot dog eating contest, you'd be like, now, is that his actual name? Is that his actual government name? Or is that just a name he gave himself for these hot dog eating contests? And if you don't know, then that means you don't know if he's good at hot dog eating or not. So Samari roll, look, if, uh, if, uh, 75% of the earth's surface is covered by water, the other 25% is covered by Samari roll. And that includes Coney Island where it, it look, Samari roll used to put receivers on an Island and the Nathan's hot dog eating contest happens on an Island Coney Island. I like it. You're you're you're, that? you're following the signs. You're following all the right signs. So for my fourth pick, I'm going to go with a guy who's come on this podcast before. This Ooh. guy has a, a background of bar food. The man's got steak in neighbors. Ooh. I'm talking about Zach Pillar. Yes, Zach Pillar, fourth round pick. He look, him and his wife run neighbors, which I, I think they have hot dogs on the menu. I've never ordered one there. I like to get the club sandwich. But they, I think that hot dogs could be an option there. Maybe it's maybe they're an option for the one in Franklin. But Zach Pillar is a guy who is still – I mean, I, I've met him personally a couple times. The, the guy is a monster. He's a mountain oh, of yeah. a man. I oh, mean, yeah. very tall. And with the beard, although he shaved it off, I think if he grows that beard back, then we have a hot dog champion. Zach yeah, I was going to say, are you going Zach Pillar with the beard or without the beard? With the beard. With the beard. Okay. All right, that's important. Yeah, because I think that's part of the 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 mystique of a a competitive eater. Is They've got their to appearance. look the part. They've got yeah. to look the part. Yeah, and Zach Pillar without the beard, no offense, looks like a regular guy. But Zach Pillar with the beard, now you're now we're cooking. If you know what I'm saying, huh? And that pun was intended. Uh, all right, I with my fourth pick. Okay, I don't even know if this is allowed, but I'm going for it. Okay. A, a Titan who literally eats anything. Okay. A Titan that will not just potentially pull out the win, 
but will do so in entertaining fashion. A Titan that will not only like looks the part and uh, not only is the part, but looks the part and will dress for the occasion. Give me T rack. Oh man. He, he does eat anything. He's a damn raccoon. Okay. You put anything in front of him. He's going to eat it. Okay. And he's going to eat it fast with his little, with his little paws. <laughs> like, yeah. Are you kidding me? T rack is probably the, I honestly, I'm surprised he fell to me this late in the draft because you, you just put, you could put garbage in front of him. It could be a garbage eating contest and he would win it because he's a raccoon. And that's what we know. Anyone who's from Tennessee, it's the damn state mammal. Okay. Anyone from Tennessee knows that raccoons will eat anything. Give me T-Rack in the hot dog eating contest. That's a late round steal. That's David Long in the sixth round right there. Right? Right? That's, that's, that's Tom pick. Brady going 199 overall. In yeah, my opinion. Exactly. I, I think you got the steal of the draft with T-Rack. So that brings us to the fifth round, the fifth and final round. We've got one pick left. We've got four guys. So to cap my draft off, we talk about how important the name is. And, you know, I've got all of Titans history to choose from. But I want a guy who's never taken a snap for the Titans yet. But he's on the roster. Hasn't taken a snap yet. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm talking about undrafted free agent Julius Chestnut. Running back. FCS guy. <laughs> Julius, Julius Chestnut finished third in the Walter Payton, for the Walter Payton Award at the FCS level, which is the most – outstanding offensive player all the quarterbacks were in the competition but julius julius chestnut a running back is going to be my pick i think he went to sacred heart yeah so i mean it's in his blood even yeah. though him and joey chestnut are probably not related you can't rule anything out these days no i mean you don't know that i'm gonna say they probably are related okay all right well that's even better so julius chestnut it's in his blood he grew up around him Julius Julius Chestnut's gonna gonna get me there in a hot dog winning or hot dog eating yeah. competition. I like it. Well, damn. I, like, I like the chestnut, but you gotta have a chestnut on your roster. Yeah, no, I was gonna I was gonna go with uh with uh with Tyus Kobayashi, uh undrafted free agent out of uh, uh out of North Dakota, but um apparently um he there he doesn't exist. Yeah. So <laughs> with my fifth pick, I'm gonna have to go with uh look. I was leaning heavily with going Kevin Dodd just, just for the sake of it, you know, just for going, you know, I, I think he, if he's half as good at eating hot dogs as he is in my 2017 Madden franchise, um, then, you know, he's going to be incredible, but I'm, I'm, I'm passing on Kevin Dodd with my fifth and final pick. I'm going with a guy who means a lot to me. All right. And you, you need a team guy on your team. You need some championship I mean, DNA. Right. Yes, exactly. You need, you need, you need family. If you're building a competitive eating team, you need, you need everyone to work together and you need, you need that. And you need, you need someone that you can rely on someone that you can trust someone who gets often overlooked, but you know, will be there when you need him most a guy whose last name is, is close to fitting. Like it's, it's close to fitting in a, uh, in an eating competition. And that is none other than Yancey Thigpen. I mean, <laughs> the guy's name is so close to Pigpen, which is what you think of when you think of an eating competition. Okay. Guys that like just sloppy mess. Uh, you think of like a, just a, you think of a pig pen. 
And his name is Yancey Thigpen. Okay. You could even call him Yancey the Pigpen Thigpen if you wanted to. <laughs> and Yancey, I mean, like, just Sounds to like do. You want to call him that. I kind of do want to call him Yancey mm-hmm. the Pigpen Thigpen. Uh, just because that's, I mean, say that five times fast. Like, and you, it's like one of those nicknames where they have to say his nickname every time they reference him. So, like, the commentators would be like, and Yancey the Pigpen Thigpen is on his 61st hot dog with. 30 seconds left. Yancey, the big Ben, big Ben's coming down the wire. Yancey, the big Ben, big Ben. You know, like I almost, I almost want to name like a Kentucky Derby horse that just so they would have to say the full name uh, during the race. But Yancey, Thick Ben to me, that that's my fifth and final pick. And um, that's who I'm going with. Is there anyone that we left on, on the, uh, on the big board? Is there anyone who you had on your list that we didn't get to? Um, yeah. I was thinking Ahmad Hall could fit. Because a hot dog down a hallway, right? Even though that's Ooh. not about eating hot dogs. That's yeah. Again, well, and uh, he's a Sarge. He's a what? He he was in the Navy. He'd be, a, he'd be a good captain. And there's nothing more American than eating hot dogs. Ahmad Hall was in the military, the right. U.S. military. Yeah. And I just think that he would have the passion. So if I had to take a UDFA off the streets, it's going to be Ahmad Hall for me. Ahmad Hall. Who did All you? Right. Who were you thinking? Did you think there was an omission? No, I just Kevin Dodd was the only one that I had uh, that was on my big board uh, that I decided to pass on. Um, oh, you know who we left off, though? Who? Isaiah Wilson. There's nothing that he's better than or, or better at than than eating and drinking. Yeah. Well, if instead of the cup of water to dip it in, it would have to be just like straight up, you know, cough, cough syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> purple drink. Yeah, you could do the chugging competition, but instead of lemonade, it's it's the purple drink. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and he could sing the national anthem too, right? <laughs> Give me a beat. <laughs> yo, yo, my country tis of the sweet land of that's not even the national anthem. What am yeah, I singing? That's not the national anthem. That's not the national anthem. He's <laughs> <laughs> he just saying he's just you know, he's he's like, yo, he's like born in the USA. We're like, Isaiah, that's not the national anthem either. What are you doing? Somebody go get his styrofoam cup. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Isaiah Wilson would only could be in the eating competition if it was at like a frat house at MTSU or something. Yeah. Um, or no, TSU. Was it TSU that he yeah. got in? But the, you know what? This all kind of was a war. He does love donuts, though. So if it's an eating competition, we do know he loves doing, maybe, maybe doing donuts. Maybe not where we, where you draft him in. Maybe because you know how they do like different things. They'll do like wing eating competitions. Yeah. Maybe there's, there's, there's got to be one of those competitions for Isaiah Wilson. Maybe like Oreos or something. I don't know. But it, right. all, all of this goes to say that this was a great warm-up for the final segment of the episode. Remember, oh, baby, that. oh we baby, walk down memory memory road there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Well, I think it's only fair if you go first after I took the first pick. Yeah, I know that was pretty rude, and you did steal my number one draft. Well, I had to, I had to do it. <laughs> that was brutal. Uh, okay, uh, this weekend, Jack. This weekend, if you're in Chicago, Illinois. Saturday night, I implore you to go to Wrigley Field. Not because the Cubs are playing. Trust me. This year's Cubs team, I would not. They, they stink. I watched them go ahead in the ninth inning yesterday. Or oh, yeah, with a, in, in the park home run by Sia Suzuki. Suzuki had an inside the park home run, and they proceed to lose the game by three in extra innings, which is hard. Yeah. They, were, they were the road team. Josh Hader, one of the best relievers in baseball. And losing the game, <laughs> the, but the Cubs, you know, they find the way to lose. You know, they they 
they snatched uh, they snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. <laughs> So wait, what's uh, at Wrigley Field? So at Wrigley Field this Saturday, a uh, a, a, a a musical group known as the Zach Brown Band is playing. Oh. Okay, so in honor of Zach Brown Band playing Wrigley Field on Saturday night, my Remember the Titan is none other than Zach Brown. Nice, right? That this is a dude who is a. Uh, uh, Zachary Brown is his government. He was uh, he's two days away from being born two years after me, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, two years and two days uh, younger than me. He is, which is always sad to well, once you start realizing like, like players that you grew up watching are younger than you. That's like when tired players are younger. Than yeah. You. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. He's got to be a kick to the stomach. Yeah, Zach Brown hasn't played in the NFL since 2019. So, yeah, awesome. <laughs> cool. And he's younger than me? Great. Awesome. Oh, his career, oh, his, his NFL career is completely finished? Oh, that's awesome. Cool. And I'm I'm older than him and doing a podcast talking about you're not him. Just cool. Older than him, but you're 2 years older than him. I'm not just older than him, but I'm also just podcasting about the NFL. Like it's like what is he the things he has done with his life and the things I am doing with my life. No offense. Um, to me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh he's a former linebacker as you guys all remember played college football at the university of north carolina and was drafted by the tennessee titans in the second round of the 2020 of the 2012 nfl draft also played uh for the bills where he made the pro bowl I, it's always great when like a player gets good after he leaves your team and this is like during an era of the titans this was the munchak wizen hunt era of the titans that he played for which was, as we all remember, not one of the worst eras of Tennessee Titans football. Um, and then he played for the Redskins, Eagles, and Cardinals. But this is one thing that I learned about Zach Brown that I did not know about, Jack. Brown was not only obviously a standout football player, but he was also really good at wrestling in, uh, in high school where he won uh, state, region, and county championships. In his weight class, 215. My goodness. Wow. Uh, and uh, he was undefeated his senior year in wrestling. Okay. He finished uh, his junior year with a record of 30 and one as a state runner up and county and region champion. His lone loss coming to two time state champion Josh Holloway of Magruder High School, which let's be honest, no one was beating Josh Holloway out of Magruder High School that year. No. Okay. Like the dude, Josh Holloway out of Magruder High School untouchable that year so for him to even like come close to beating him that right there should speak volumes about zach brown uh and I, I said josh holloway i meant john holloway uh sorry josh was his younger brother very beatable in run mm-hmm. but john holloway yeah john no, holloway of mcgritter <laughs> on top of him being good at wrestling jack he captured the state class 3a title in the 100 meters with a time of 10.67 seconds that's pretty fast. Uh, yeah, Zach Brown or Usain Bolt? You tell me, Jack. Uh, he became one of uh, a few athletes in school history to win a state title in track. In the two hundred meters, his best his best time was twenty one point five two seconds. And then at UNC, he also ran track. And I didn't even know this event, Jack, but he ran the sixty meters, got a six point seven two in uh in the 60 meters 
Brown was fast, dude. Yeah, I mean, he played linebacker. Like this is this is surprising to me. I I never so would have guessed about, like, this. DBs running track in high school and winning in high school. But right, Zach Brown was like a, a, a middle linebacker, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and he was a dude, and he was reliable. Zach Brown's one of those guys who, like, I wish was on the Titans today because I feel like he would just make the defense so much better and would, I don't know. I, I just feel like he would be great. And he holds an NFL record, Jack. Most interceptions re- returned for a touchdown in a game with what, two. Dude. Yeah, Nobody's yeah, done yeah. three before? No, he no, he's tied. He's tied uh, with that record, but he, he, he holds it. I guess I'm thinking a share of it. against the Saints on Monday Night Football that one time where he had three picks, but I I don't know if he... I don't think he housed any of them. Did he not house any of them? I don't think so. Why do I think he maybe, one? maybe one of them. I don't remember vividly enough, but that's yeah. pretty good. Zach Brown? Yeah, career uh, 664 total tackles, 17 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, seven interceptions, and two defensive touchdowns, both of which came from the same game. So, uh, Zach Brown, you are my remember the Titan. That's a good one because Zach Brown was like, I, I feel like he was a fan favorite for like a very brief period of time. Right. You well, know? and and obviously all the country music fans that are also Titans fans loved having a, a linebacker named Zach yeah. Brown. Well, you went with a North Carolina guy, so I think it's only right if I go with a Duke guy. That's right. I'm talking about Breon Borders. Breon Borders, like Zach Brown, was a lot of Titans fans, one of their favorites for a very brief period of time. So he's got an interesting upbringing, and his upbringing is, you know, full with a few twists. Some of those twists being his family was kind of in a, in a drug chain, and that saw them uh, face pretty severe prison sentences. I, I think that he was um, ended up having to live with his aunt or his great aunt for about seven years because his mom, his dad, and his grandmother all were involved in, you know, some of some of these drug busts, and that you know played an impact on Borders' you know childhood. But they get out of prison, and Brian Borders gets back. They're all involved. They're in the same picture. Well, that I don't think I don't know if the, the dad was, but they're back, and you know things he for you know having parents who had been locked up. They they were pretty strict, and there was one year in. Uh, uh, I want to say either late grade school or early high school where they didn't let borders play an entire football season because his grades weren't there. So he had bad grades um, and had to sit out a year to focus on that before going back to what he really loved, which was football. And then ends up going to get a full scholarship to play for David Cutliffe, Cutcliffe at Duke university, uh, which is pretty impressive academically, obviously, as we all know, but Breon Borders, you know, he came and played for the Titans for a few years. It wasn't a long time that he spent with the team. Um, they signed him on September 21 of 2020 to the practice squad. And uh, he finished, he played in nine games, you know, picked off Phillip Rivers, which who didn't that season with the Colts? Um, <laughs> he played in nine games, was released in November, and then re-signed to the practice squad. He was kind of like hovering around the Titans practice squad for a little while. Well, on December of 20, on December 15th of 2021, the Arizona Cardinals plucked him off the Titans practice squad um, to eventually waive him in January. But then three days later, 
signed a future contract, a reserve future contract with the Cardinals. So he's currently in Arizona playing for the Cardinals. Um, this, this, uh, I guess, upcoming training camp, that's where he'll be. So Breon Borders was one of my favorite, you know, stories with the Titans that they've had in a while. And obviously he played big in big games. Like the Titans, when they, when they had to play Breon Borders a lot, yeah, pretty banged up at corner, like a, a Dory Jackson, a, you know, a bunch of different dudes would go down at cornerback and Breon Borders would step in and, you know, do a pretty solid job. Obviously there are a couple of times where he was burned, but, you know, for a guy who was undrafted out of Duke, you know, with, with this crazy upbringing, I thought Breon Borders was, you know, at minimum serviceable for the Titans. I, I thought he actually played above average a couple games, but that's who I'm, that's who I'm remembering this week. Breon Borders. I hate that he's in Arizona, but I'm happy that he's still somewhere in the league. Yeah. And, and just the number of uh, like puns and fun things we could do with his last name, you know, borders are closed and, closed or borders. like a lot of bookstore jokes, you know, um, <laughs> bookstore jokes. It, it was just, it, you know, it's a, I, I always, I always hate when guys like that leave, uh, leave the franchise. Yeah. Go elsewhere. Well, you know, uh, may he, he may come back. The Titans, you know, they're very young at corner this year. So who knows what, what their future holds. That's right. That's right. Uh, maybe, or, or, you know, maybe they'll sign another good, uh, cornerback named Barnes and Noble or, or something, you know, we can only hope, you know, it takes two, it takes two guys to fill borders place and that's Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. They have to that find them to both. The they both have to be actually good at football. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get these, uh, when we start making really bad jokes, that's when, you know, like. I mean, like we make bad jokes throughout the podcast, but when our jokes get really bad, that's when you know it's time to wrap things up. Uh, if you want to uh, send us a so title for next week, hit us up at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Go ahead and hit that follow button while you're there. Follow us on there. Um, happy belated birthday to our first Uncle Jim Wyatt. Um, we love you, Uncle Jim, and I uh, hope your, your birthday was uh, more special than your daughter's wedding day because uh, you deserve it. And... <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? That didn't sound right. Did it not sound right? I was I trying think, to wish him a happy birthday. I think even Jim would wish his daughter's wedding day was better than just his. Well, know. yeah, I know he would, but I'm saying I don't know his daughter. You know his daughter. So, well, yeah, that's my first cousin. Yeah, I guess I can't. I guess. Yeah. All right. All right. I take it back. Look, what, what does everybody have in their Twitter bio? Uh, opinions and tweets are are my own and not my <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retweets do not equal endorsements. <laughs> what we say on this podcast cannot be held against us in a court of law. And we have said that since day one, honestly. Uh, uh, why, uh, Jack, it was one of the reasons why I, I defend uh, Ryan Tannehill so hard. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, give a, uh, give a follow to our Instagram page at tighten up podcast on there. You can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack, a gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. And of course, be sure to follow a to Z sports on all things, social media, uh, YouTube, uh, you, Twitter, whatever, and everything, literally Twitch. I'm sure, uh, Facebook, yeah. um, uh, notifications on if you're a YouTube person. Yeah, put the notifications on. Put the little hit the little bell. That's what they that's what they say in all the videos that's what on I YouTube. Say. Well, and that's what Jack says as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Jack, do you got anything for the road? No, like like we started with. If you want to be like Derek Henry, give Austin Huff a follow on Instagram. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we are on on the road to two thousand. We need one thousand followers on each platform before next year's NFL draft. We're making solid progress. We've got yeah. some new people listening. We appreciate all of you. For the old ones, the guys who've been here from the start, obviously we love you too. We need episode titles. If you're still listening, pull out the yeah. DM us, tweet us an episode title. We'll roll with yours next week. We are actually fresh out. Yes. So any title that you guys want to hear, shoot it our way. We'll read it. We'll read it next week. But uh, other than that, hope you guys had a happy 4th of July. And um, I'm just counting down the days to July 26th when the team reports to training camp. We're going to make, we're going to make it through this month, you know, but uh, we can't do it without you guys. So we appreciate all of you. Hope you enjoyed this episode all about hot dogs and priapisms. Until next week, uh, with all that said, until next week, tighten Bye. up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to start at 6 and 0 oh, since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a music city miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way. They're the Tennessee Titans.